welcome to WNC Original Music, episode 105, the classic rock radio episode. That's a very local reference. This week, very happy to have the second half of the episodes with Sleepy Poetry. They are an alternative rock band out of West Asheville, North Carolina. If you haven't heard the first part of their podcast episodes, it's number 78, or if you just want to hear it again, it's number 78, so go back in the archives and check that out. You can find them at sleepypoetry.bandcamp.com. They've got some really good songs there. You're going to hear some of those songs live or played live at their practice space on this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. It's on all the major podcast platforms and most of the minor ones. Some of the intermediate ones. Just search WNC Original Music or just go to wncoriginalmusic.com. But right now, here is Sleepy Poetry. Careful is uh, another tune um, I guess I wrote on an acoustic guitar and just in just having angsty feelings. I was alone on a Sunday uh, in actually the the new, you know, this this new house that we're in. Um, it's like, a I don't know. Um, there's a lot of like, uh, like personal lyrics just about how sometimes like uh when we're when you're younger we just like want something so uh at the time i had uh invented this uh this idea of a of a girlfriend at the time because all my friends were uh like in relationships and i like just like told people i was in this relationship and then like like had this person die and this person never existed um and so it was just something that's like weighed on my conscience for years and years. And I don't know what it was, something uh, about it 
in this song, like uh, when I just sat down and wrote down simple chords, I just needed to get it out, I guess, a, a kind of a, a mental journal and some sort of mental processing. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's, that's what that's about. Just like kind of how messed up teens can be <laughs> mentally and emotionally. Um, and just the first time I've heard that story. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Surprise, this, uh, Trevor. <laughs> here's my formal resignation. Oh shit! <laughs> I'm just That's kidding. brutal. No, I'm just kidding. That's a great song. I love that song. That's one of my favorite songs to play. It's That's epic. a great. I mean, that's a great story. I mean, is that hard for you to uh, talk about? Uh, I mean, not now that you know. I guess I've processed it. it. It's just kind of a. It's just a weird thing, and like, you know, ever since like presenting it, it's like other people have experienced that, and you know, it's just like a. Yeah, just a strange phenomenon, and it's nice to kind of, like, I guess, like, get that off my conscience, so, like, you know, singing about this person who I created and then then basically killed off in this story of my emotions, it's nice to just, like, let that go. Which it is, like, very interesting for me, because, you know, like, Trevor didn't even know until just now when we were all sitting <laughs> yeah. here what that song was yeah. about. Yeah, you know, I, didn't, I didn't know that. It's a great song. Yeah. It's a great well, song. because that's something that you held so privately for so long and I knew what it was about just because when when he Jeff first wrote that song he <laughs> sent um our roommate and I the the copy of it that he had recorded on his phone just him and his guitar and we were at work at the time we listened to it at Philo <laughs> let's plug Philo again <laughs> yeah over um, and, over. and we were like damn this song's so good what is it about because it, it made us feel so much but we didn't understand why and then we came home and asked him and he told us that story and it's just such a such a testament to like the power of of music and like how it can just like free emotions within you that like it was hard for you to tell me that story the first time and you just are like oh I'm on a podcast who knows who's gonna listen to this (laughs) and you just said what it was about which is just super cool yeah I mean yeah if you if you really listen to music um it's probably you know artists are really putting themselves out there emotionally. Like, uh, I mean, they're opening their heart. Like, sometimes you might not understand specifically what they're trying to say, but whatever it is, you know, they need to say it. Um, yeah, yeah. So that it's just like, it seems like a safe space to kind of decompress. Yeah. I like it. I retract my, yeah, I was just joking <laughs> what I said before. Yeah, sometimes kids just want to fit in. Yeah, exactly, so, exactly. Writing songs about that. And, the you me. know, the easiest thing to, like, it's like, oh, we <laughs> we should meet this person. Like, oh, she actually died in a car crash. Oh, too bad she's dead. <laughs> it's very, there's not always a place for people to admit that sort of thing. Like, right. wh- whatever right. your, uh, whatever your environment, you should have an environment where you can make a true apology for something. And, I mean, there might be some things where you have to make real amends for uh, no, I'm not saying that's you because it sounds like you've processed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right. that woman didn't really die. So <laughs> yeah, nobody, this know, person didn't exist. The yeah. worst thing that happened is somebody had to say, "Oh, okay. Well, I thought the other thing. Okay, well, yeah. <laughs> right. hey, we're cool." You know, but uh, but yeah, I mean, there should be like you should be able to say that, mm-hmm. um, and you know, people should put should be able to like hear you out without uh, judgment. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's that's yeah. a really good point. I think we're in a time right now in society where um, a lot of shit is being revealed that's been going on for a really long time, like mm-hmm. racism. And mm-hmm. um, sure, like racism is shitty, obviously, but like 
if somebody is willing to admit, like, I had this thought that was racist because I grew up being surrounded by these racist ideas and now I realize that that's fucked up and wrong and I want to change. Like, there should be space for people to change because if not, then, like, there's no solution, right? Like, if nobody has the space to, like, admit when they fucked up and Mm -hmm. try and change, then there's no changing that can happen. So, And there's attitudes that exist uh, even subtly where um, like if you watch if you watch a TV show like Friends, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the friends and a lot of the friends, a lot of the humor in <laughs> Friends is subtly homophobic yeah. because yeah. I mean, they don't say anything bad about homosexuals, but there will be things that happen where they don't want people to think they're homosexual. No, totally. You know, right. That sort of thing. And um, that's not funny unless you think being homosexual is bad. Yeah, right. no, for sure. Um, it's it's crazy how much yeah. um, the media has changed recently even because, mm. like, you watch things that – I mean, I, I watched – I have never seen Scott Pilgrim versus the world, mm. and I've had several friends say, you should watch it. It's, you know, Michael, Sarah, and it's artistic and funny and this and that. So I watched it and, like – Maybe if I had watched it when it came out, it would have been funny. But now I'm at a point in my life where I'm aware of like, you know, racism and things that are fucked up and how to speak up when you think something's fucked up, even if it's funny in a specific joke. And like, for example, it's like Scott Pilgrim has all these evil exes or it's not they're not his evil exes. It's his um, the girl he's pursuing. She has these evil exes and he's has to fight them off and she always says like they instead of referring to the masculine and he Mm. brushes it off and then it turns out she has this one uh evil ex who's a girl and it's like the big punchline is she's like oh it was just a phase right and it's like that's such a subtle thing but it's like i think we're at a point in society now where it's like we're not writing off people who are bisexual as saying it's just a phase like it's just you can be attracted to whoever you want to be attracted to and that's okay and like I am queer and I'm in a relationship with somebody who presents as like a straight male and I present as a straight female. So like that's something a lot of people don't know about me. But when I see things like that where bisexualism is boiled down to like just a phase, it reminds me why like my whole life I've been quiet about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But at the same time, the guy who wrote that movie or comic book, I think it's based Mm -hmm. on a comic book, uh, if he came to you, if if he heard you say that, like you, you would be open to telling him that. And he might say, oh, yeah, I see what you're saying. You know, that's my um, inherent uh, bias, mm-hmm. uh, which was not on the surface. If I had thought if, if someone had mentioned that to me during the writing process, I would have said, yeah, maybe this is an imaginary person. No, yeah, for sure. But, but yeah, he might have said that. And you don't seem like you would have. Like, well, fuck you, guy. No, I, I don't care have. what you say yeah. now. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I definitely would have been like, oh, great. Well, next time you write that movie, maybe leave that bit out. You yeah, know? yeah. Run it by somebody, you know, yeah. that, that sort of thing. Which is like, you know, other than that, the movie was entertaining. And it's like, you know, I'm not shitting on him or the movie for existing. Right. It's just interesting to see how far we've come in such a short period of time. Because I don't know when that movie came out, but it was early 2000s. And now we're, you know, 2019, not that much time has passed, but enough time has passed that I know if that movie came out today, mm. it would be under fire for right. the, those things that at the time were just accepted, which makes me hopeful as a person, yeah. you know, yeah. that people are becoming more aware. In general, when I go into situations like a house party or work or whatever, where it's like very neutral, I always end up in a really deep conversation. Mm. And so I'm like, how are we talking about these deep <laughs> political things? But that's probably why. Yes. All right. 
That's just me. It's okay. No, it's, it's good, good to thing. have a, a Well, I mean, Jeff killed an imaginary woman. So <laughs> right. right. Yeah, so it's, At least he's a murderer. not an imaginary murderer. <laughs> Let's talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> I play the piano. Yeah. <laughs> Tre- oh, Trevor, 11 fingers over there. Yeah. <laughs> 11 well, Grayson has nine. Trevor yeah, yeah. has 11. He's got his Where's his the fingers? justice He in picked that? his thumb up off the Just to know that 
uh, Sad Girl is another song I wrote by myself on an acoustic guitar. And um, other than the first ones that I wrote on the acoustic guitar, which were about like, you know, when I was in unrequited love with people when I was at a time in my life when I was very lonely. This song I wrote when I was in a relationship where I was very happy and very in love, but still like feeling shitty sometimes. And I had this realization like, oh, duh, like being a human just means sometimes you're sad. And like for someone who most of my life I was single, I always thought like if I have this one person, like I'll be happy because I'm in love. And then I fell in love and was like, damn, I'm still unhappy because I'm a human being. So this song is just kind of about that realization and and the realization that shitty things are happening to people everywhere that are way more shitty than my life. But my life is still going to feel shitty because it's all I've ever felt. Yeah. One of the lines, like it's like, even though I don't have it half as bad, you know, like you still can't help to feel bad at times, no matter your position. Yeah, I like those are some of the favorite my favorite lyrics that you've written. Wow, thank you. This is not a pissing contest. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, well, yeah, that I'm line specifically, smart, it's yeah. just like sometimes I feel like and I've experienced this with a lot of my friends where like people will be venting about something they're sad about and then someone else is like, "Oh yeah, well like this shitty thing happened to me. Mm. Oh yeah, well my life is shitty because of this and like I'm I'm someone who like if you on paper looked at my childhood you might be like, okay, that's fucked up. But like, that's not something I bring up ever because that's not who I am as a person. And and when you try and like compare your experiences side by side with someone's, you're missing who they are as a person, right? Because mm-hmm. like everyone has the right to decide what makes them feel something. And like, hopefully we're all empathetic enough to be like, wow, like your dog died and no one in your life has ever died before. So that broke you. And yeah. You know, maybe you're somebody whose whole family died and it's like, sure, that might be shittier on paper. But like to somebody who's never experienced a death when mm-hmm. a pet dies, like that's just mind blowing and life altering. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not good. like there there are people who, um, especially in like older generations, it wasn't uncommon to have, um, you know, three children die Yeah, uh, right. because, because right. child mortality, even up to like 10 years old, was so high. And, uh, you know, you would just you just have four alive children and three dead children and you moved on and people would die in their twenties and thirties and people were just dying. And, and there were larger families. So people were dying all the time. Um, so the idea that you get used to death is not, not good, no. you know? So it's like people should in some ways celebrate that person who is upset that their dog died, you know, yeah. like they are not, not criticizing because they're right freaking out about it. Just um, just celebrate that they're experiencing loss for the first time. And no matter who you are, who you're losing, loss yeah. is very shitty. <laughs> yeah. Your, your brain, your body doesn't know the difference in the sadness of Mm-mm. what's causing the sadness. Right. Yeah. It's not a pissing contest. It's not, it's a, not pissing a pissing contest. contest. That's why I like those lyrics. It's this not is a not a pissing contest. contest. Let's call those people floored. up right now. I'm just <laughs> feeling floored. Yeah. I think that's the most in-depth lyric I've ever written is, ooh, ain't it sad. <laughs> ooh, ain't it sad. <laughs> we named our last ep that because we didn't know what to name it and i was like what about ain't it sad because that sounds like a country album and this isn't a country album (laughs) but it's how i feel (laughs) 
Okay, yeah. So this song is super important. Um, yes. Yeah, speaking of, while we're on the, the deep, the deep topic of politics, through, yeah. yeah. Um, white privilege <laughs> is clearly about what it's called, white privilege. And those of you who can't see me because you're listening to this because it's a podcast, I'm white, and um, I have an immense amount of privilege because of that. I also have an immense amount of privilege because. To people who see me on the street, I just look like a a normal heterosexual girl and and that's acceptable in our society. But so many people, that's not their reality. And I have a lot of friends who, honestly, they're more like Facebook friends or people I'm not like in constant uh, communication with, but I'll see them post things about, you know, being woke or whatnot. But it's like, instead of actually like sharing the stories of people who are experiencing prejudice or having hard times because of how fucked up our society is. They're like more just talking about themselves and like, I'm great because I care about racism. And it's like this person who is like white and privileged, who's, you know, using other people who are actually experiencing trauma to say what a good person they are. And and that's kind of what this song is about is, is, you know, the people who might call themselves allies, but in reality, they're, they're trying to like play the savior and like tell the stories of other people rather than letting other people tell their own story. And, you know, obviously every, <coughs> everybody who plays music probably wants to be big one day. And it'd be so cool if one day I was famous and had a platform and if I ever have a platform like this, this podcast is the biggest platform I've ever had. Oh, so that's I'm sad. I mean, it's not. It's not sad. I don't think it's, it's sad. sad, girl. I don't think it's that sad. I'm 24 no, no, no. and I've been yeah, playing yeah. music for three years and like. No, maybe, I was talking about the podcast. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. 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 The, the podcast no, wasn't is great. This oh, is yeah. actually a, a oh, nationally no. applauded podcast. Oh, okay. But yeah, like, if I ever got big and had a platform, I hope that I will use it to not tell other people's stories, but to like point my finger at other people who should be listened to rather than me. So like in white privilege, I'm talking about people of color and like, you know, it's not the lyrics in the chorus are like, it is not my turn to speak um, and turn to those too long ignored. It's about time they were heard. So like, yeah, like if you look at your Instagram feed and you're seeing like all white people, and you're white, which is something that happened to me, like, about a year ago, I was like, oh, this is fucked up, and I started, like, just trying to, like, listen to other people, and, like, find other artists who were not like me, and people who are, like, constantly, like, pushed down by the mainstream society, and, like, I don't know, I think it's really important. It's, like, everybody's responsibility to be a good human being, and, like, lift up the minority, and it's just terrifying how many people think that white privilege is like not a thing or like how many people think racism in America is a myth it's like it's clearly not at this point so what's it going to take for people to like wake up you know maybe this song no I'm just kidding (laughs) for for me my my what I get from the song it's extending also to like the white cis privilege and it's and it's uh recognizing the space that you are given um as a 
heteronormative white person and uh, extending that space out to someone else. And uh, rather than occupying that space all yourself, even if you're speaking as an ally, um, rather than doing that, um, giving that space, giving that space up. Right. So the space is reserved for you and mm -hmm. you can occupy it, but then you can give someone else that space uh, and allow them the opportunity to speak their own voice um, because they are not given that space. So that's what I get from it. It's just like it's not my turn to speak. Yeah. Um, I, you know, when I am called upon, mm -hmm. I will extend that opportunity to someone who I am an ally for. Instead right. of speaking on anyone's behalf. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's that a cool song. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, more from Sleepy Poetry in just a few moments. Want to remind you to visit their Bandcamp site. That is sleepypoetry.bandcamp.com. Also find them on Facebook and Instagram. We'll have links in the episode notes. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast for free wherever you get your podcast. If someone is charging you to subscribe to the podcast, then let me know about it. But it's available wherever you get your podcast, and also at wncoriginalmusic.com. And there will be links in the show notes for that as well. And also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and uh, follow our Facebook group, which is Western NC Original Music. Lots of good stuff there, not just from the podcast, but from everybody in Western North Carolina, which is defined very loosely. Hey, this is Alex, the most important member of Modern Strangers, and you are listening to WNC Original Music.
political. Wasn't political. <laughs> Leaves is about climate change. Future um, Islands. Yes. This song, yeah. Well, this song's really exciting because Trevor wrote his synth part, and oh. um, it sounded like one of my favorite bands of all time, Future Islands. It just reminded me of them so much, and that's a band we all three love, and that was a really good example of a song that when Trevor jumped in, it was like a whole different song. Like it became dancey, right? Like this is when Jeff and I wrote that song together, it was like kind of like, um, like post punk, like super like emo sounding. And I'm like, I don't want it to sound like this. And then Trevor (laughs) like made it this dancey, like big song that kind of fit the theme. So that was exciting. It was sweet. The patch that I made, um, on, this uh, song primarily uses the uh, the sequential Prophet Six, and uh, the patch I made uh, I created it for very non musical reasons uh, to use for ambiance um, for uh, film scoring, and uh, and then I just switched to that patch, and uh, we were playing we were playing this tune, and I was like, well, I'll just play a C chord with this patch and it just ended up in one particular middle register of the keyboard uh being very nice um which is (laughs) funny because if you take it an octave lower or an octave higher Mm -hmm. it devolves into the chaos that i intended um but in this particular (laughs) register uh it is nice and uh and and wonderful but if you take it too high it self oscillates um, which is strange. Anyway, it might be palatable, <laughs> but don't worry. Trevor can be unpalatable. No, a lot of sounds, though, it is interesting. Like Trevor, as a musician, will be like, you know, there will be a sound he's playing or like a patch he's created that he's like, I don't know, like this is probably too insert adjective here. And then Jeff and I are like, no, we actually like that. And that's mm. just kind of a fun thing about collaboration that you might not think something you're bringing to the table is going to work, but then it does. Yeah. And then, you know, climate change, like, <laughs> why is this, like, still argued at all? Yeah. So. <laughs> well, as you know, this podcast is WNC original music. And in Western North Carolina, we have a very distinct fall season marked with beautiful trees changing colors. And um, this year it took a really long time. I guess it was last year. In 2018, (laughs) it took a really long time for the leaves to change colors. Mm. And people were like telling me like, oh, yeah, it's because of global warming. And like, I've never for a minute thought that global warming was a myth. Obviously, it's not a myth. But that was like one of the first ways in my like my little bubble, uh, global warming kind of infiltrated my bubble. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, shit. Like, what if what if that didn't happen? Like, what if leaves didn't change color? Like, what if we didn't have fucking trees? You know, like. These are all things that are becoming our reality much quicker than we'd like to admit. Yeah. Honestly, like, I think I think people are almost afraid to report this, but uh, a lot of scientists say it's just too late now. Like, yeah, there's no, nothing, for sure. Right, nothing yeah, we do. That. Some scientists say there are. Sometimes some scientists say it can be reversed and modified, but a lot of scientists say, you know, it's it's like it's not – we don't feel it because it's just like it's more hot and it's more humid and, mm-hmm. you know, it, ice is melting thousands of miles away from us. Right. But we can't stop it now. And um, so just listen to music. Everybody <laughs> should uh, I mean, watch like a- the uh, documentary Chasing Coral. That's probably mm-hmm. like, the best explanation. 
of yeah. uh, global warming I've ever heard. It's the second song I you seem wrote. a little hesitant to talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's a uh, it's it's like another one of those songs in the early phases of uh, writing songs personally um, and being uncomfortable about singing. Um, so oh, yeah, yeah it's, it's a bit of a just a, a stream of consciousness, um, and uh, in in general, like. Uh, Sometimes I'll I'll write music uh, kind of outside of like what um, what my mind is actually capable of as as far as like you know like <clears throat> I don't think I'm not in a place in my life that I'd actually willingly kill myself but sometimes I I like to 
to channel the energy of um, someone, you know, that might be in that place. Um, I think, uh, honestly, like, this song is influenced by Trevor specifically in our other project of, like, a lot of the songs he writes is uh, uh, from a a character standpoint, Um, not actually him, but, you know, um, these people that exist in the world. Um, Yeah, so... I think it's just kind of a, this song is just about a, a depressed person um, kind of contemplating the the things in, in their life that, you know, it's like, it's like, well, you know, today is fine because there's pie, so I don't need to kill myself. Just like. You yeah. still have so much pie. Yeah. yeah. I love the lyrics. Yeah. Well, yeah Depressions mean- is so, so heavy and real, you know, like I, I don't experience that, but I empathize with the people who do um and you know things like that can really you know shift your your perspective on life and i think jeff has said a couple times now that the songs he's written are a stream of consciousness and i think one of my favorite things about this project is that there are three very different people writing in very different ways and um as a lyricist like i tend to be very literal and write about things that are like pertaining to my life at the time um and Jeff is a lot more like abstract or like able to tap into feelings that maybe he's not feeling right now but he knows are being felt and you know he mentioned Trevor in their other project as an inspiration for that and that's like the spiral is one of my favorite local bands because of their lyrics and because Trevor is such a good storyteller and um, that inspires me as somebody who writes songs more as like journal entry style. Like mm. this is how I'm feeling. And so I have to write it down and, and sing it to like process it. But to be able to like just tell a story is like a completely different kind of craft. And that's also really important. It's like fictional songwriting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's cool to, I'm, I'm so happy to like, have Trevor in this and all three of us write like it's it's very cyclical like we all um kind of reverberate off of each other musically I think oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) Trevor coming through with the oh yeah well okay no I have I have a thought (laughs) I have a thought um that song and I think a lot of our songs have the juxtaposition that is not so rare it's not so rare we can't claim it i'm sure but um uh where it's a dancey song like a lot of our songs like are pretty upbeat Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. um you can really shake your body and then you listen to the lyrics and it's like oh you know hot damn this is some heavy Mm -hmm. shit yeah um and i've always liked music uh like that um sad music that's wearing a mask so i think that that has uh that comes through a lot. I think that we all appreciate music like that. Yeah. Totally. I mean, it's, it's, it's really relatable. Important. Yeah. I mean, because we all like feel these really heavy, intense things and it makes us all feel better to just like move our bodies. And like, we all feel such a complex range of emotions. Like nobody's just happy or just sad. It's like we're feeling everything all at once. And so I think music that appeals to multiple things at once is like really relatable. I, uh, I'm going to throw this out there. Y'all might laugh, but I'm really inspired by um, the late, great Whitney Houston. 
And um, she, well, because that's a funny thing to say sometimes. It's, no. it's, it's sometimes context, a funny thing to thing. say. Um, but uh, she is, I think, one of the queen. Well, her and her team of songwriters is one is mm-hmm. are, are some of the uh, best at that. Like, I want to mm-hmm. dance with somebody. Yeah. And uh, how will I know? Mm-hmm. Right. These are like club hits. But then you look at the lyrics, and they right. they come from a place of anxiety right. and a place of insecurity. Um, and just a place of want and need and loneliness. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're also like some of the best dance hits. Yeah, of like the you 80s, could not even listen really, to the really lyrics cool. and yeah. you would dance to it and have a great time. Yeah, yeah. Like, how will I know? You know, like mm-hmm. trust the feeling, but how will I know? And she, you know, like this narrator of this song is just that's one of my favorite songs ever. I have it on forty-five, but she's just like she's just can't she can't trust her own uh, feelings and her own words about it. So it comes from this place of anxiety and insecurity, and then it's also just like the most foot tapping song in the right. world. The most so just to be clear, we're we're emo music under the guise of we're pop. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it might sound like pop, but this don't is be emo. fooled. Pima, Pima, Pima. 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 I like Pima. 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 Let's never say Pimo again. I have a standard question I ask everybody. Do you believe in ghosts? Yeah. I mean, honestly, uh, going back to Be Careful and, and Scott Street. And I, yeah, I mean, a lot of it, like uh, channeling feelings that aren't yours, that's got to be something um, a little bit supernatural. Um, and specifically... Interesting enough, like whether it be like the anxiety of moving into a new place and sleeping at night in a new place, like after I wrote Be Careful, like I felt a little bit more at ease and peace with like perhaps the ghosts that surround me, um, the ghosts that I manifested and and like never resolved. I believe in ghosts, and there's a very specific story to why I believe in ghosts, but it's really long, so I'm not going to tell it right now. But, um, yeah, if anybody finds Sleepy Poetry's Instagram or Facebook or whatever and hits me up, I'll tell you the story of the seance I had in middle school. It's a Uh, spooky cabin. It's it's a scary cabin in the woods story, and it's uh, my first experience with the supernatural and why I believe in ghosts. But not as gory as I'm. Just a sneak preview. The town it takes place in is Sunset, South Carolina. That's all you get right now. It sounds creepy as fuck. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) For matter, there is no beginning and there is no ending. So uh, residuals are everywhere. I can't tell if that was a yes or no. (laughs) So yes? Yeah. Uh, Yes, I believe in everything. Gotcha. (laughs) <laughs> this is my Trevor face. Nobody can see it, but you all can. Like every time I you say shit like that, you're just like everything. I believe in everything. Okay, that's it for part two of Sleepy Poetry. I'm actually sad we only have two parts for Sleepy Poetry. These guys were so great to talk to. I actually only included about half of our conversation, uh, in part because of time, and in part because the other half was mostly us just. Uh, talking smack about people so if you want to know what we said about you just send me a message and i'll send you a little clip uh, with the voices distorted or something like that so you won't know who it is one more time make sure to go and find sleepy poetry they are on spotify if you search sleepy poetry but even better go to sleepypoetry.bandcamp.com and again find them on instagram and facebook and look for the links in the show notes for that as well 
You're probably wondering right now, where do I find your podcast on a weekly basis or semi-weekly or sometimes monthly? Well, just go to your favorite podcast app or site and search WNC Original Music. Or let's try this. You can tell your smart speaker, Alexa, play podcast WNC Original. Yeah, so do that or uh, just search Google. Same thing. For the closing song today, we have a tune from Steve Fisher, also known as Cerebral Tone. He's a singer, songwriter, and composer, also an actor and impressionist from the Northwest. He performs blues, folk, classic rock, and Beatlesque music. Here is Cerebral Tone. Have a good week. Say 
his name Act like nothing changed It cuts right through my soul Don't you know, no, no Just thinking of you There's nothing I'd rather do Because I can't live without your love Just thinking of you Feel free to send me some t-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> Sponsor. I mean, I've already stolen your software. So. <laughs>